Minister Mike Rose. Greet your neighbors. We're able to say hello, smile through your mask. We've made it yet another day. That's right. There's life in the building. Amen. We thank God on this morning for this series that we're doing on sonship and understanding the role of a spiritual father. Uh, God had it on my mind real early as to what it is we, we need to be adhering to. I've been personally asking God for answers in this season. Politics is crazy, economy is crazy, people seem to be losing their mind, and only thing he's been saying for over a month straight is discipline. I'm like, God, you got anything left? He's discipline. I said, okay, I'm gonna take that for me personal, and then we're gonna relate it to the body, amen? Let's go to Hebrews 12, uh, verse 10 to 13. Like old church, y'all say amen when you got it. That sounded like two amens to my right. Where are the amens at? I hear pages. Thank God for pages. All right. And it reads, it's Hebrews 12, 10 through 13. And it reads, for our earthly fathers discipline us for a few years, doing the best they know how. But God's discipline is always good for us, so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Make out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. The word of the Lord is already blessed. Like I said, I've been asking the Lord, I got, I, I want answers. Uh, the way we're trained, the mantle of a prophet has a lot to do with how the condition of the world is. So if we have so much to do, God, I, I think we need to be giving answers to the people and not just being an edifice or a place you can go. So the answer came by way of discipline. The revelation comes by way of one, understanding God's discipline and the role of the spiritual father. Two, understanding the pain of discipline. And three, the peaceful harvest of the new path. Our text today starts with an explanation. Our earthly fathers, this is teachers, elders, parents in general, and remembering that the father, the spiritual aspect of father, is no gender to. So have disciplined us for a short time doing the best they know how. I was doing my notes and I thought of an anecdote that Apostle taught on about uh, practice makes perfect. And you think about the fact that you can literally practice in dysfunction. You can make it a habit to live and to move in dysfunction because you were not told it's dysfunctional. So practice does not make perfect, although it sounds sensible, perfected practice makes perfect. The scripture tells us that the blind leading the blind and they both end up where? So we're giving honor to our parents where it is due because they only taught us as much as they know or they're able to teach us but we have to understand there's something more for us in God. 
Yes, the scripture tells us that for a time, our earthly fathers did their job. They, they taught us how to clothe ourselves, how to be, how to have character, how to represent the house well. But there's a time where we have to shift into God's discipline and understand that we're here to do more than just occupy a space. We're here to do more than just fill up a seat and give our tithes. God put a mandate on our lives. Each and every one of us has something to do. If we go to the book of Romans chapter 12, it basically edifies us to whatever God gave you to do, do well unto those who are around you. It says, if you prophesy, prophesy well. If you encourage, make sure you're always encouraged. If you're a giver, give from a good place. If the scripture be true, we can't just be sitting around and filling up a space. We're doing a lot of wasting time and not a lot of movement in him because we're practicing in dysfunction. We're practicing in a way that seems right unto man, but the scripture tells us, what does it say? I'm glad I got a preacher somewhere in these rows. Thank you. We got to understand that, yes, mommy and daddy did their best, and we're not, we're not going against that, but what are we going to do about the promotion? I know someone else feels this bubbling over, this this righteous indignation to be more and to do more. I can't be the only one feeling this crux that we're at a point where God wants to shift some things and cause a new anointing to be over the earth. I can't be the only one that's feeling this anticipation and this excitement for what God is doing. So what? how do we get from point A to point B? God says we do it in discipline. The scripture says in Proverbs 3 verse 11 and 12 my child, don't reject the Lord's discipline. And don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves. Just, this is the part I love, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. I love that God makes himself relatable. That yes, you are the almighty God, but you make yourself personable so I can understand you better. That our relationship feels a little bit different because you didn't make me look at you like a tyrant or a figurehead. You said, as the scripture says, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. God's discipline comes as an extension of his love and his desire to see us in our best in this life. We have to get to this point that we understand that discipline is not rejection. Discipline is not uh, uh, this negative feeling that we give it. Discipline is not telling me that I'm not worth anything. Discipline is telling you that you're worth more, and I need to show you how to get to that more. I need to help you line back up and get to this point. The, the visualization that the Lord gave me is when the, uh, the shepherd is leading the flock and that one walks away. We make it sound so good in the song, but do you know what happens when the shepherd catches up to that one? He takes the shepherd's crook and breaks his knees and then carries it until it learns to obey. Okay. Now, did the shepherd do that because I don't find value in my sheep? No, this is currency. I need my sheep. But I need you to obey so that you don't get taken out by the wolves that are walking around and looking for one that they can devour. I need you to obey so that you walk in line for where we're going from point A to point B. There's a place in God that he wants us to be. And if we can't find our way into discipline, what happens if we get picked off? What happens if the savage wolves that the Bible says that we are supposed to be defending the church against? What if you guys kind of just venture off and one of them things clip you? I'm, it's safe to say that we've been in this perpetual season of being clipped. This perpetual season of facing opposition. God does not want anybody to suffer unrighteously, but sometimes we have to give credit to causation. Sometimes we got to give credit that my own decision did this to me. This wasn't no devil. This wasn't no demon. This ain't no curse on my family. I made a mistake, and here is the result thereafter. 
The scripture says in Psalms 106 and 43, again and again he rescued them, but they chose to rebel against him and they were finally destroyed by their sin. This is God's understanding. He understands that in this mortal form, we have this tendency, how, how Pastor D said, we're bent towards sin. We have this tendency to rebel. Within ourselves, we have this ideology that we're self-sufficient. That we, that we can do these things all by myself. We don't need anybody to do something. But then you realize, it says over and over again, he rescues them, but they choose to rebel. It's like we're self-entitled. It's like we get to this part where we don't acknowledge that you've rescued me. We don't acknowledge the fact that it was you that got me here. Not my tactics, not my cold heart, not my mindset, not my thinking. You keep rescuing me, but then I choose to rebel anyway. We have to understand there's a fruit in discipline. I'm glad somebody picked that up. There's a fruit in being disciplined. There's a fruit. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 15 and 22 that obedience is better than sacrifice, says the Lord. There's a way that there's a fruit for this, but if you choose to sacrifice, there's a sacrifice for it too. His will is that no man should perish so much so that he sent us a prototype. We all know the scripture we quoted as kids that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So what does that mean? Begotten means to be of myself, my only of myself. I sent my best into the world that you could see this could be done. He didn't send him with a whole entourage of angels and have him rolling deep in palm and circumstance. He put him in the position of a slave in this mortal form that you can see that I too can do this. Yes, Jesus was cognizant that he was God and man, but did he ever act you know, holier than thou. Did he walk through people's towns telling you to worship me? No, even when he did miracles, don't tell nobody. I got God. Don't here. I'm covering you, but don't say nothing. So that means to tell us we have that same DNA. The Bible says in Romans 8 and 14, and many are led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. Those who choose to line up have adopted their adoption. You've taken on this, this mindset that I'd rather follow you than follow my, my own will and inclination. I understand that the fruit of my hands is destruction, but the fruit of following you, Jesus, is everlasting life. I'd rather be in that place of everlasting Anybody in here ever experienced something like destruction? You ever experienced something that was a hardship? You ever went through depression? You ever had your mind attacked? You understand the value of peace. We already said it's not his will that we perish, but God, how we are understood the scripture with Apostle Paul, let the devil get to him because they don't understand. They're not getting it yet. Go ahead and let the devil touch him because obviously my provision is not good enough for you. So let the devil get him. I'm speaking on my own behalf. I enjoy peace so much because I know what hell looks like. I've endured warfare and, and things in my mind that I'd rather enjoy uh, the shepherd's crook on my knees than going back to some warfare I don't need in my life. I'd rather enjoy the peace of laying in daddy's lap than going back out to the wilderness and having to figure out my own sufficiency. Lamentations 3 and 23 says, great is thy faithfulness towards me. Not my faithfulness towards him, but his faithfulness towards me. The scripture we just read in Psalms says again and again he keeps rescuing me he keeps making a way for escape he keeps stepping in between he keeps showing up like an intercessor he becomes the mediator he's my lawyer in the courtroom come on we know the old church used to say he's a burden carrier was our burden bearer and a heavy load carrier God shows up the scripture tells us that in our weakness his strength is made what perfected and everything I can't do on my own he supplies perfected strength and everything I can't 
can't understand, that I can't endure, that I can't line up to. He makes sure that he sends his what? Not his eh, strength. Now this, mm, let me help you. His perfected strength, the strength I've tried, the strength I've matured to make sure you get it. I'd rather be satisfied with getting my feelings hurt and correction than unsatisfied trying to figure my way out through here. Let us understand that, God, uh, that God's discipline is the key to the fulfillment on the call on your life. See, what God showed me doing these notes is that the Bible says, now that we've surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses, let us cast aside every weight and sin. So we only heard the word sin because we're talking to God. The, the sentence said, weight and sin. So okay, the rebellion in my life is the sin and the things I do against him are the sin. What's the weight? The weights are things that we picked up that we shouldn't have touched. It's the decisions that we shouldn't have made, the past we shouldn't have gone. It's funny, the Lord showed me beauty and the beast, and you look at the path, and the horse knew we need to go that way. The, the dude was like, no, we can go through the woods. The horse is like, bro, do you not see what I see? It is dark and scary that way. I want to go that way. That's the same thing the spirit man be doing. He's like, you really want to go that way? You sure you want to go to the valley of the shadow of death where we can just take the six days it takes to get from point A to point B? We can take the happy small step, but you got to take it the long way. One of my managers back in the day said, you ought to work smarter and not harder. Go ahead and take the easy way. The Lord was speaking this morning and he gave me another scripture, Jeremiah 6 and 16. And it says, go to the crossroads and look around. Find the old way and walk therein. Okay, I have some prophetic people in the crowd. Somebody understands that that's, we're at a crossroads now. We're looking at Biden and we're looking at Trump and we're looking at the economy. But God says, get to the crossroads. Look at the old way and walk therein. There was a dominion. There was a dynamic power on our ancestors. Joshua shut up the heavens. Moses opened up the river. There was something on our ancestry that we're not seeing right now. We understand that the Bible says that the kingdom of God is not in word but in what? Okay, we're going to try that again. The kingdom of God is not in word, but it's in So that means we ought to have some power on our lives. We shouldn't be really worried about too much on the ballot because if we were interceding, what God wants on that throne would be on that throne. We don't really have to worry that every time we turn on the news, little black boys, little black girls is getting done. All we had to do was intercede. Get the Father involved in our matters. We learned in our intercession class, when you pray, it gives God legal access into the matters of man. I don't know about anybody else. I need God in my matters. I need God to get in the midst of some things and begin to shake it up. I need God to put a revitalization on my matters and let's get to the end of this. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 14, 13 and 14 that Jesus stepped on a boat and he looked from afar off and he saw the people on the crowd and he was compelled with compassion to heal them. The other week we defined what compassion means and it means a tangible act of love. It means to take action. That's the kind of move I need. I don't really, need, I understand the power in the scripture and I love when people pray, God listen. I need you to put your power on this. I need you to get in the middle of this so that we can get back. I believe it's Luke chapter 22. He tells Peter that the devil wishes to have you, to sift you as we, but he uses his word. And I love Apostle Bill because he's good on words and he teaches you. Every time you use the word but, it contradicts what you said before but. So the devil wishes to have you, but I have prayed for you. That means the but goes to contradict the fact that the devil wants to shift you because I have prayed. It comes after the shifting. 
I need God to get in the middle to make sure I'm covered. I need them intercession prayers. I need God to speak a word in my life. I need God to send his prophets to say something to me, to make sure that we line up. And this goes for the body. We should be in a place to hear, not have our flesh tantalized, but to hear what God is saying to his church. There's a reason why we need this, this operation, this mantle of a father. We need to be guided again. Absentee fatherism has become one of the biggest oppositional forces in the church because we won't receive a father. We deny God because of it. We deny our leaders because of it. We don't listen to people because of it. We have this mindset that I'm stronger because of it, and it's ignorance. It's folly. It's arrogance. We need to go back to listening to the elders, listening to the wisdom that God gives our leaders so that we can walk in a certain path. We've wasted too much time trying to shake the dice and figure it out. The Bible says in Psalms 37 and 23 that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in all of his ways. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says to uh, uh, lean not to thy own understanding, but acknowledge me in all of your ways and I shall what? Direct your path. If my steps are already laid out, why am I taking the chance that I may or may not do it right? I'd rather just let you do it right for me. You got to understand something. The, the illustration when we took the intercession training is the, the strong ox versus the weak ox. Yes, yes. And it says that the strong ox goes before the weak ox to make the pulling easier. Yes. The strong ox goes before the weak ox so that weak ox can gain an endurance and no longer needs the stronger ox. He can now walk a little bit different. This goes with the scripture, when I was a child, I perceived and behaved as a child. But when I became an adult, I put away childish things. This is what God is asking this season. Can we put away the childish things? Can we go ahead and take care of them issues that my childishness had so that I can go and be the person that God called me to be? I'm thankful God Apostle taught us the inner healing prayer. And we start going over inner healing, but at the end of it, she said, now go back to that child in you, tell, grab them by the hand, and tell them we made it. Tell them we're okay. Tell them we survived. Tell them we're healed. Tell them all the stuff that happened to you, I still make it in the end. That's the, that's the fruit of a father's anointing. Go back and get me. When my daughter falls, someone came and told me, oh, Madison scratched her leg. I said, so? Is that what you mean? Watch this. Madison, you all right? Yes, daddy. It wouldn't matter if she wasn't all right. The security that her father showed up to ask you a question gave her the mindset that I'm fine. Mm -hmm. That's why we need the father's anointing in our life, the, the spirit of the father to teach us. Help me stop lying to myself. Help me stop telling myself this traumatic story. Help me stop being in a victimization mindset and let me know that I'm fine. Give me that security. Let me know that I'm going to be all right. The storm looks like this. What the Bible says, tears endure for a night, but joy. Okay, somebody help me. Tears endure for a night. It looks dark right now. It looks a little scary right now. But in the end of this thing, I'm going to be all right. If anybody had any sense, that's a good time to praise God. That's a real good time to put your hands together and praise God. I love the part of the scripture. Minister Brittany initially taught me this scripture, and it says that discipline doesn't feel good while it's happening. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, you just going to put it in my face like that, huh? You're going to make me accountable. In fact, I don't like what's happening. Okay. No one wants to be told that they're wrong. No one has the mindset, hey, apostle, tell me that I didn't do my job right. Please. Pretty please tell me I'm wrong. Please. No. We think we did it. Eh, okay. 
I, I was listening to what Apostle was saying yesterday. Eh, okay is not satisfactory. When you know the audience you have and the mandate of who gave it to you, eh, it's not going to satisfy the assignment anymore. Eh, it's not going to cut it. Because we do eh service and look for an almighty God. Where's the reciprocity? Where, where's the give and take? We understand that everything God does is a bestow. We can't pay for it. But where's the return on his investment? We give you ass service, but we need you to heal our body. Give you ass service, but we need you to save our children. You, he is controlling the cosmos and dealing with the universe. You want his attention for an eh? I'm so glad I'm not God. <laughs> Some days I'm like, Lord, you are smarter than me not to let me do this on my own because I'd have burned it twice. What you mean? I got to stop numbering stars and carving mountains like it says in Job and answer your sickness. When the last time you even prayed? I can't get no worship out of you. I can't get no praise out of you. You can't even smile at your neighbor, but you want me to stop what I'm doing. I'm so thankful that he is not like us. That in his infinite wisdom, he has grace in abundance. Because some things I just don't get. You asking God for these great big things, and I can't trust you with the little things. The Psalms of Solomon 2.15 says, catch for us the little foxes that destroy the harvest. It's not always the big, oh my God, I've got pancreatic cancer. It's the little things. Are you eating right? Are you disciplined in your exercise? Are you taking care of your body? Now this is talking to me. Obviously, I'm bigger than most of y'all. The, uh, the, the Lord gave me this revelation. You're not taking care of the tool I gave you. Your lack of discipline is making my tool dull. That's like when you use a sharp sword to cut a steak. No, you wouldn't. It needs to have its purpose. God said, I need you to be more disciplined on how you take care of my stuff. Y'all ain't hear that part. Because I need you to be more disciplined on how you take care of my stuff. I gave you life. Galatians 2 and 20 says, no longer I that live, but he that live within me. This is my vessel now. You said, yes, I need you to take care of my stuff. You out here trying to work miracles, trying to pray, pray and preach until you silly in the face and you wonder why you can't breathe. It's not being harmonic. You can't breathe. You got to pull it together. You're not using the vessel the right way. The reason the scripture tells us that discipline isn't enjoyable and painful while it's happening is because we have to turn around as the verse says. In order to turn around, you have to acknowledge your folly. You have to acknowledge that, hey, I got out of that by the hair of my chinny chin chin, but I still ain't do it right. You have to now look yourself in the, it's the mirror. That's what I wanted to say. The Lord showed it this morning. Uh, discipline is the mirror that we don't want to look into. Discipline is going to show you how wrong you've actually been. And we've gotten to this point where we're such, uh, what's the nice word to say it? Uh, weak, that we can't take the correction. And it's not even like no one's being mean to you. Take that L and keep moving. Like, it's not like God's coming and chewing your life to pieces. Hey, you know you could have did that this way. Just a thought. You could have yeah, just did it that way. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, I believe it's the 26th verse, that the Holy Spirit links up with us in our infirmity. This means in the state in which I'm in, he supplies me the Holy Spirit. Why do we have such a hard time just listening to what he said? Notice I'm using the words we and our. I'm not talking about just me or you. The body as a whole, we talk about how we hear God, we worship you, we love you, but we don't listen. What did Eli tell Samuel every time he kept getting up and said, uh, Master, is that you calling me? He said, listen, boy, I'm asleep. 
the next time you hear this, speak, Lord, thy servant is listening. I've stopped praying the usual way anymore. Dr. Miles Monroe says we pray wrong. We pray for 50 and listen for five. He said we should listen for 50 and speak for five. I wake up in the morning, speak, Lord. That servant is listening. Whatever you want to do, how you want to move, let's move it. I was telling uh, Pastor Kareem, I had jeans and a shirt and a, a sweater picked out for the day. The Lord said, son, put on this suit. I want you to look a certain way. You're presenting yourself in front of my people. I want you to look a certain way. And it's not about the clothes, but it's about the presentation. Apostle just told us it's about the pursuit. If you were a runner, you wouldn't run in jeans. If you were a sprinter, you wouldn't sprint in hard bottoms. You'd have on the right attire to do the job that you've been asked to do. So since you're standing in front of my people, why don't you change the presentation? Don't be flattering me up here can't be gassing me, pulling me off from work. <laughs> the scripture says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, my favorite part is that the word is utilized to show us what is wrong with our lives and help us correct it. Anybody else felt that cringe when the scripture said wrong? It's actually a, a phrase of, of literacy that words that have R's and W's in them already sound cringeworthy. It don't matter if I said when. The depth of when and wrong make you feel some kind of way. As soon as you hear the word, oh, because whooping starts with a W too. You have an issue with how it hears or how it sounds. But if we understand that God's purpose is just to help us out, why would he put us in this earth to suffer? Why'd I waste my time reaching into the clay and making Adam for you to sit here and suffer? It doesn't make any sense. God is not about redundancy and confusion. He's about purpose and intent. That means we've got to be about our father's business, a purpose and intent. What do you need me to do? You got to understand, that's why the scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And then we have to get back to seeking first the priority is him that sent us. This mindset of acquisition has got us feeling like we're in a rat race that we got to keep acquiring, keep getting, keep doing. When did you attend to your father's business? When did you allot him the appropriate amount of time to guide you and direct you and to give you the blueprint? James 1 and 5 says, if any of you are lacking wisdom, ask God who gives it generously. You not be rebuked for asking. You mean I can ask you your innermost thoughts and you not going to get mad? You mean I have access to the libraries that you have stored up over an eon and you are not going to get mad for me asking? I couldn't have said any better. A tangible act of love. Come on, let me tell you the right thing to do. Why do we have... We're, it's like we're designed to take the harder route. Even lightning got enough sense to take the easiest path of uh, resistance. So you mean something that's not uh, uh, have a brain. Lightning has no brain. Lightning is an action. But even it knows to stop doing it the hard way. All right, somebody gonna get that on the car on the way home. <laughs> I'm telling you, this, this whole thing whipped me up. Y'all didn't see my face up here when Apostle first started preaching. And she kept, I said, stop looking at me because I know my face is undelivered right now. I look like I am completely butthurt because I'm up here getting my feelings stung on. The fruit of rebellion. First of all, what is rebellion the seed of? Say it again, sir. So when we start dealing in other things now, because your heart is rebellious, the anointing that he's put on you is perverse. It's askew. It's not being used in a proper context because you choose not to line up. All right, well. Amen. Got a little quiet in the room, though. 
That little heart. All right. God's discipline in our life leads to the peace most of us have been looking for all of our lives if we only endure for but a moment. Let's be honest. How long have we been walking in frustration? How long have we been trying to make our way by making our way? How they say fake it till you make it. How long have we been trying to meet the ends with our little bitty check and it don't seem to stretch no further? That's called frustration. We've been living our lives under the thumb of frustration when the Bible said that there is liberty in his presence. Liberty is a very vague statement. That means I'm free in general. I can be who you call me to be and the fruit thereafter. I, I, I appreciate uh, the, the teaching that uh, Apostle Off gave during Minister Maria's conference and he says that the prophet's mantle creates its own economy. That when God has called you for something, even the book that we're going through in, in Bible study, it says that every office, every call has its own faculties, has its own economy, has its own resources. Why do I need to wait for somebody else to sign my check when it makes its own economy? All I have to be is who you asked me to be. Wake up and be. I don't have to go to the job I hate so much and punch in overtime and deal with this foolishness, be worn out and can't enjoy my life. He says, I've come to give you life in what? That more abundantly. Punching this time clock is not abundance. It's a compensatory accommodation. We are not living, because I'm pretty sure if Adam didn't do what he did, we wouldn't have time clocks in Eden. We get hungry, trees would come up. We get tired, shade would show up. We get thirsty, water would spring. That time clock is the devil's business. We're going to rebuke that time clock. Next time I go into work, tomorrow morning, I'm going to look at that time clock and give him the business. You are out of order, fig tree. You do not line up. Find that time clock to pieces. <laughs> Let's go to Isaiah 66, verse 9. And I specifically looked it up in the New Century Version. So those of y'all who are page turners, y'all go on and sit this one out. Because I know don't nobody in here got New Century Version Bibles. Because I didn't even know it existed until Google tried to help me out. It reads in Isaiah 66 and 9. In the same way, I will not cause pain without allowing something new to be born, says the Lord. If I cause you the pain, I will not stop you from giving birth to your new nation. This goes back to the, the illustration that Jesus is our, what, chief under-shepherd. He's the one that is leading and guiding. So I'm not going to cause you, sheep, to get your knees broke without giving you an opportunity to birth something new out of that. We got to understand that it's going to hurt for a moment. But what does the scripture say about the race? It's not given to the swift nor the strong. Yes, God made me a certain way. Yes, I can lift my own weight. The race is not for that. The race is willing to endure. Somehow the body of Christ has become sprinters in God, and he's waiting for you to be endurant. All I need you to do is stay the course. Let me lead you and guide you. Even in the wilderness, when the Israelites were coming from Egypt, he gave them what? A pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. I keep leading you. What are you following? You got to listen. A, not a pillar of fire show up. I don't care what y'all said. I'm following that. Because we in the middle of the desert. Where did this fire come from? I'm going to keep following. God shows up and shows signs continually. Continually provides for us a way of escape. We've got to get into the mindset. He's not trying to cause us harm. God is not our enemy. But it's a victim mindset that we see him through. Let God change our perspective. Uh, we said it the other day, 2 Kings chapter 6, I believe it's verse 17 or 18. Uh, the prophet prayed, open their eyes, Lord, and let them see. Yes. That's been my prayer this whole season. I know that I can be a little self-righteous sometimes, God, but open my eyes and let me see. 
Let me not get too full of the things I've learned and understand and I can't see you anymore. I need to be able to see your hands moving. What are your plans? What are the blueprints? What's the next step? I know I may not have all of the vision as the Bible says we prophesy and see in part, but give me enough. God is not a tyrant. He's not going to have you sit there and have faith for no reason. He likes to give you reasons to believe in him. Know that it's not God's will for us to suffer unrighteously. He has never deliberately willed for someone to go through trauma. Notice the scripture says the pain that he himself causes. God's discipline is assured to cause us pain in the beginning, but even more shall it yield a peaceful harvest in the end. We can go to Romans 8 and 18. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. Oh, somebody didn't hear the anointing on later. Someone didn't hear the anointing that there's something after this. It's hard to see outside of the storm, even when you're in the eye. But I've come to declare today, it's almost over. If you would just endure, if you'd hold on a little longer, what you've been asking for is right on the other side of the horizon. All God is asking you to do is hold on and let me be God. The scripture says, stand still and know I am God. How many times have we given him the names in the Hebrew? El Shaddai, El Rohi, Jehovah Tiskanu. We're telling him of his attributes, but we're not adhering to his attributes. The God that heals, the God that provides, the God is the sword and my shield and my buckler. If he's all these things, when are we going to let him do his job? God is a gentleman. He's going to let you do what you, I don't, he don't go against people's wills. I'm going to let you figure it out. Jonah went and did his own thing and ended up in the belly of a whale. That's because you chose to not do what I asked you to do. The scripture says it clear. What we suffer now is not worthy to be compared to what we're going to see later. I know this pandemic got a few people shaky. The money situation got a few people shaky, but there's a later. I dare somebody prophesy, there's a later. Open your mouth and there's a later. Say it until you believe it. Break up that lie in your mind. There's a later. I know the opposition is hard and it feels heavy. There's things that are trying to come against you, but there's a later. God made it so evident why we need the uh, spiritual aspect of a father. We've gotten too far from what the truth is. I love how Apostle trains us when she gives direction to repeat it back. What I heard you say was... We have to get back to not interpreting the word as we so want to ingest it, but taking the word for what it says. We were trained in, in, in Timothy Institute that the Bible should be read slowly, carefully, and contextually. Take your time and listen to the words God's are, God is giving you. I couldn't get off Jeremiah this morning as I come to my close. I couldn't get off Jeremiah this morning that he said, go to the crossroads, the place where all your things interject. Look around and look for the old way. And not just look, but walk therein. All you have to do is remember what the Bible says. What are all the depictions that line up? We always want to preach and talk about Job, but no one wants to go through a Job experience. No one's willing to endure when it looks meek. No one's willing to hold on when people curse you. Every time somebody says something, it hurts your feelings and you're ready to quit. All you really have to do is stand still. Job got to a point where, all right, woman, all right, friends, Y'all gonna see. Job had more faith in his God than what the perception of the situation looked like. God is asking us to get back to discipline and we cannot discipline ourselves. Even the weight trainer can't discipline themselves. The weight actually disciplines the muscle. 
We have to get back to letting the Father's anointing lead and direct and guide our lives that we can finally have fruit. Let me hear a praise from them that want fruit. Them that want to see something in God. Those that are okay with the words, but we need to see the power of the kingdom of God. That was a short-lived praise. Y'all must not want nothing. Y'all must not want it bad enough. I know I'm tired of my own fruit. I need to see what God has for me. I'm over my own results. I need to see what the mantle does, what the anointing does. The Bible says that the anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. I need to see what the power, the dynamic, the exousia, the dunamis. I need to see that in my life. Let this be a step forward on today. I, God, I'm going to adhere to discipline. Whatever you got to say, whatever you got to do, by any means necessary, God, I want to be who you said I could be. The Bible says in Numbers 23 and 19 that he's not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man he should repent or change his mind. You promised something to the earth when you put me here. I'm not going to make my God out of a liar, but I'm going to make you out of the truth. I shall be everything you said I was going to be. When mama met daddy, there was a prophecy, and I'm going to fulfill it in Jesus' name. Come on, bless the Lord our God. Come on, stand to your feet and bless the Lord our God. It don't feel good while it's happening, but there's a later after this. Come on, if you can believe in your later, put a praise on it. Minstrels, help them out. If you can believe in the later, endure the now and believe in the later, bless the Lord our God. God bless you all, my father's children. God kept showing me all morning the weights and things that we keep allowing us to beset us. And he's asking this question, can you give it to me? Second Peter chapter 5 says, cast your cares onto the Lord, for he cares what's happening to you. Who's in a position to cast this morning? I don't need you to confess. I don't need you to say it out loud. I don't need you to make anything out loud. Get into your spirit and start taking that stuff back out. Stuff that's been taking up space but not giving you no benefit. The mindsets, the animosity, the anger, the things that don't belong, the unforgiveness, the things that hold you up in your process. We don't have to live in frustration. It doesn't belong to us. Just as much as the Bible says we don't live in fear, we don't live in frustration either. God has a purpose for each and every one of us in this house, in this world, in this kingdom. All we have to do is find our ways into our position and stay in our lane. And watch God put all the pieces together. The Bible be true. Romans 8 and 28. All things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are what? Called according to his purpose. The ministers are going to help you. This is a time right now. The atmosphere is prime. Start taking that stuff out of your psyche. Take that stuff out of your subconscious. Stop using the word, I'm just like that. This is what my family do. Curse that thing and put it on the ground where it goes. The curse in Genesis says the enemy is under my feet, not in my mind, not in my mouth, not in my understanding, but under my feet. Put him where he goes. We should be praying. We should be praising. We should be thinking right now. We should be in a place to hear the voice of God. 
The season for goats is over. God is looking for sheep in this season. He's looking for people that would adhere to his word so he can show forth his glory in the earth. The hour for goats is over. The word he said while I was sitting still is crux. It means the most important time of something. God said he's shifting at the crux. This is one of the most important times in history and I'm shifting who's following. Who's willing to be unliked right now? Who's willing to be a little uh, uh, upset, a little shifted right now? Who's willing to endure the now for the later? Bible says, let us reason together. That's what this atmosphere is about. Let us reason together. Let us get on that one mindset. Pentecost said there was 120 men, not counting women and children in the same room and they reasoned together. And the Holy Spirit, the movement of God, came into the sanctuary. Made believers out of 120. Made believers out of daughters and sons. This is what the Spirit of God is doing. Looking for those on the same mindset, on the same one accord. Those tired of disobedience and the fruit of it. God is looking for those. Break my knees so I can keep moving. How Apostle used to say, cut me so I can grow. Get me to that place of maturation so I can be who you called me to be. I'm tired of trying when all I got to do is get to the dying. Lift your hands, sis. It's already happening. You keep my off right here. You keep lifting your hands and it's already happening. You don't got to think about no one else in this sanctuary but you and God right now. It's already happening. The broken hearts, the pieces of your heart that people keep playing with, God wants to put it back together. The scripture in Jeremiah says that he is the potter and we are the clay. He wants to put them pieces back together. You've been making it. You've been surviving. God didn't call you to be a survivor. He called you to be victorious. A survivor keeps going through something. Of someone who's victorious got over something. God is calling you to get over. He's not belittling. He's not being condescending about the things you feel. But he's calling you to come over this thing now. He's saying speak to it. Tell him hurt feelings you got to go. The mindset got to go. The vain imagination that causes me no fruit has got to go. No one else is in this sanctuary. It's you and God right now. Get what you got to get. Bro, you already know I was coming down your street. I know you keep thinking every time I walk in here, there's a prophetic word for me. God has been looking for an audience with your family for a long time. The reason why this keep being prophetic words is because he's keep got messages for you. God showed me this morning the shroud of frustration coming off your back. I need some men that know how to pray. Not waste time. I need some men that know how to pray. Thank you. Go ahead and just pass cream. Don't move. Just stretch your hand that way. God wants to give you peace in your mind, sir. He says, I honor the fact that you want to be a good husband and a good father and that you want to keep working and do the things that he called you to do. But put me in the game, he says. Take a piece of my compassion, a tangible act of love. You've been doing it in your own strength and he understands that will to be. But now he wants to supply you with perfected strength. He wants to give you that reinforcement you're looking for, that deep breath, that rest in your mind and your body. You haven't been sleeping in a long time. Because the thoughts keep perseverating, they keep going, they keep going. God wants to give you rest and let him deal with the heavy lifting. The strong ox is showing up on your behalf. He says, rest in me. Be still and know that I am God. Let me work it out. 
You've been surviving, brother, and that's fine. Now it's time to endure and overcome. You got a family that's looking to you, a wife that supports you. It's time. There's nothing wrong with your endeavor, but God wants to back you up now. You gonna let him do it? So give it to him. Everything that's in there that doesn't belong in there, give it to him. Your frustration, your anger, your animosity, let it go. It's time. Them people that said they was gonna be there for you and lied on their promises to your face, let it go. The Bible says he gets vengeance. That's not for us. Focus on the task at hand. You've got a family to lead and something to do, and God has called you to be great. Mediocrity is not your portion. When I had the vision this morning, the Lord said, release to him the knowledge to get wealth. Money is one thing, riches is one thing, but wealth is a legacy. Wealth is something that goes through generations. The Lord said to release to you the wisdom to get wealth, that your son's lives will be changed, that your grandson's lives will be changed, that the generations that came before you, their seed doesn't work anymore. There's an adoption for you, a mikvah baptism just for you. Come on, I need somebody praying and praising. Somebody that's going to press that word past his psyche. the Lord. Come on, is he good? Keep it in the stillness. Don't even clap your hands. Just stay in the stillness. Hallelujah. Is he good? Yes, just meditate on him for a moment. There's a strong healing anointing in here today. Thank you, Lord. He's choosing to move as he wills. Thank you, Jesus. He's a good father. Thank you, Lord. Many of us are going to have an opportunity to know a father. Thank you, Jesus. For the Lord is good. If you're in here and you need a healing, a physical healing in your body, just lift your hands as high as you can and just trust God to begin to move and pour healing oil over your body, your muscles, your bones, the muscular system. He's moving on somebody's throat area right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody has shoulder, like a bone pain in your shoulder. God is moving. I believe that I'm feeling it on the left side. God's moving the left side. And he's dealing with that bone in your shoulder in the name of Jesus. Just give him a little worship, just sweet worship, nothing loud. He doesn't need fans. He wants sons and daughters. You don't have to be fanatical. Sons and daughters know, like Minister Mike said so eloquently, when his daughter sees him coming, she knows she's all right. When you're sons and daughters, you don't have to offer anything. I'm a daughter, I'm a son. I receive my healing now. Somebody, you're having a digestive problem. Put your hand on your stomach. Trust that to be God's hand laying on you now in the name of Jesus. He's going to work out that digestive issue. Thank you, Lord. Come on, even if your issue goes unnamed, God is speaking to you directly today. Hallelujah. Come on, breathe in your nose. 
the presence of God. Release it from your mouth, the power of Jesus. Healing virtue, healing virtue, healing virtue. Someone's having pressure over their right eye. God is moving on that pressure over your right eye now in the name of Jesus. He says, do not become familiar with the pressure. Turn over your ailments to me. Thank you, Lord. When is the last time you've been still in his presence and allowed him to minister to you in the quietness, in the cleft of the rock? They're just saying over and over again, healing. Come on. Healing. 
about how our mind has been lying to us. See, our mind cannot capture the infinite wisdom of God. And our mind can literally lie to us. And we have to change the message through our eyes to our brain so that our body will get the message that I've been healed already. Somebody should clap their hands right there. I've been healed already. I know you can't comprehend things of the spirit. I know you can't comprehend what God is doing and has done in my life. I, I know you can't comprehend that. So let me help you mind. I have received my healing by faith. My heart is no longer broken. My spirit is no longer crushed. My ailments, my ligaments, my neural system, my skeletal system, my immunity has been boosted by the power of the living God. Healing. Healing. Where's the praise team? Healing. We're going to work this for about five minutes. We're going to bless some oil. And we're going to ask anyone who feels that they need to be anointed with oil. We're going to have to come through here in a moment. We're going to pour the oil in your hand and you're going to trust God and anoint yourself today.
start it over with her. Very good. We're limiting contact. Put your hand on. She's going to turn it over. Other way. Beautiful. Come on. All right. We're all learning. I need to hear more out of your bellies.
our soul, our mind, our emotions, the seat of our affections, to be focused and centered on Jesus. We thank you for the Godhead in the name of Jesus. office as a son. I heard the Lord share with me when I was speaking with you last night that in part of steering up the gifts, you have to steer up the gifts in your sons and daughters and then you have to listen for what's been steered up to make sure what's been steered up is exact recipe that you've imparted in them. So that's why I asked you to speak and a few others to speak. I want to hear what's been steered up on the inside of you. Hallelujah. spiritually so you can work for a few seconds on getting your seed together and we're going to dismiss right from there you can come up and bring your seed and just be dismissed i do want to give an announcement an early announcement that we're going to take some names down for those that would like to go through deliverance if you believe that you've been dealing with an illness or some brokenness in you that's been there just way too long and you believe you want to go through deliverance I'm going to be taking um, a group through deliverance, and then I'm going to take others through by who sign up. So I'm going to ask that you see any of my armor bearers, my assistants, if you're interested in that. You can see Minister Misha, Minister Maria, or Minister Leah. Just give them your name, um, an email address, and a phone number. Three things, name, email, and phone number. And when it's your time, you will hear from us to come in and we'll send you instructions on what it is that you need to do. If you feel like there's something physical in your body that you can't get through, if you are being tormented in your mind, if you are dealing with too much psychological warfare, if you sometimes feel so divided on the inside, you just, you just can't make up your mind like there's something working against you. You'll be interested in deliverance. If you want some more information about it because you're thinking that might be for you, contact any of the armor bearers again minister misha minister maria minister leah and we'll be glad to get you the information so you can kind of read a little one page sheet on should i go through deliverance and then give your name your email and your phone number and you will be contacted when it's your turn there's others that are in front of you but you will be contacted this is going to be going on from november probably through march so anytime Amen. between that period so whether you're online listening you're somewhere else in the building or in this community here in the sanctuary uh just give your name 
email, phone number, and we will contact you when it is your time. Again, if you're not sure, or maybe you're a little nervous like most people get before they go through deliverance, you can ask for information and we will get you this one page of information to help you make your decision if you should wait or maybe this is the time to do it now. I think that's all we have for announcements. And uh, we'll be back in Bible study on Tuesday at 6 p.m. Amen. All right. Bless the Lord. Father, we thank you for each and every one who has tuned in with us today, whether it's on Sunday or Monday or in 2022. We pray for a blessing upon those who have parked us to this view to do the things that you have called forth for the apostles' house to do this side of heaven. We thank you for the spirit of the living God that watches over us, God. We thank you for the spirit of discipline. Not the discipline that I have to continually beat myself over to do and obtain, but to understand that the Holy Spirit helps me remain disciplined. The Holy Spirit encourages me to like discipline. You need the filling of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, what you're doing will be one step forward, five steps back. You'll seem kind of hypocritical because discipline is not something that came with our fallen human nature. You need the spirit of the living God to be disciplined. So we pray for a mind to seek and be in pursuit after discipline so that we can receive the rewards of discipline, especially the relationship with you. And Father, as you are lining us up, with our spiritual parents here in the earth because that is your government. Your government is that everyone should have a parent leadership over us no matter how high we are, quote unquote, in this church or kingdom leadership in the globe. Your design was for us all to have someone to honor over us, not just in heaven, but in the earth. So I pray and release the confirming peaceful spirit of God to acknowledge your spiritual parents and to begin to move into the direction that would open opportunities for relationship, for love, for safety, for security. I thank you, Father, for sending us the gift of relationship. I thank you, Father, for sending us the gift of spiritual parents here in this earth. It's kind of a second chance from our natural parents not to replace but that's your order, God, and we honor that order because it's for the benefit of our good. I thank you for the Holy Spirit that watches over us, and I thank you that we will watch over each other, Father. And may your face shine upon us from this day and forevermore until we meet again in Jesus' name. Come on, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us today.